0: I'm Dr. Sheila Feit, Senior U.S. Clinical Lead in the BMJ Knowledge Center, and I'm very pleased to have with us today Dr. Jawad Ahmad, Professor of Medicine in the Division of Liver Diseases at the Mount Sinai Hospital in New York, and the author of our BMJ Best Practice Hepatitis C topic. We'll be discussing some of the issues surrounding its treatment. Welcome to Dr.
1: Ahmad. Thank you, Sheila. Very happy to be here.
0: So let's start with some background. Who gets hepatitis C? What are some of the risk factors and how do you diagnose it in practice?
1: So hepatitis C is really a a viral illness that's that's spread through tainted blood. So if you injected drugs or if you've received a blood transfusion from tainted blood, then you're at risk for hepatitis C. Now the blood supply is obviously screened in uh, all the developed world, but if you had a transfusion prior to 1990, Uh, then you are at risk for hepatitis C. But the the majority of patients that we see, particularly in the U.S., are from uh, injection drug use.
0: And how do you diagnose this? How is it usually picked up in clinical practice?
1: So you have to have an index of suspicion. And in fact, in the United States, uh, all baby boomers should be tested because the incidence is high enough. A baby boomer is someone born between 1945 and 1965. But obviously, if patients have... Uh, risk factors for hepatitis C, such as injection drug use. Uh, And there are some others that uh, really should be tested as well. So that, for instance, if you have ever been incarcerated, if you're in uh, any kind of institution, uh, those patients have a higher incidence. So there should be a high index of suspicion. The test is very straightforward. It's a hepatitis C antibody test. Uh, And if that's positive, that implies that you have been exposed to hepatitis C. And just because of the way your immune system works against hepatitis C, if you've been exposed to hepatitis C, there's about a 70% chance that you still have hepatitis C. So, if the antibody test is positive, that implies you've been exposed, and then you do a confirmatory test, which is a hepatitis C RNA test, to show that you actually have active hepatitis C.
0: So, in general, the antibody is not protective. It indicates active infection.
1: So, yes, the antibody is not protective at all. Um, It implies prior exposure to hepatitis C, but because it's difficult to get rid of hepatitis C when you get exposed to it. The majority of patients that have a positive hepatitis C antibody will have uh, active hepatitis C. And in fact, after successful treatment, even then the, the antibodies can still be positive.
0: So what is the population that should be treated? Should we be treating everybody with hepatitis C and Why?
1: So that's a very interesting question, and uh, there are lots of uh, political and financial implications for that as well. In the United States, over the last year or two, um, pretty much everyone who has evidence of hepatitis C infection should be treated. And the the, the reasoning behind that is that there is about a 15, maybe even 20 percent chance that if you have hepatitis C that's untreated, you will go on to develop cirrhosis. And the complications of cirrhosis, such as portal hypertension, sometimes needing a liver transplant, but also liver cancer. In fact, we've seen a a large increase in liver cancer over the last 20, 30 years, of which at least half is due to the hepatitis C epidemic. So the the quick answer to who should get treated for hepatitis C is pretty much everyone.
0: What's the currently recommended treatment?
1: So this is uh, where there's been another uh, huge success story. Uh, in the last about five years, in the development of what we call direct antiviral agents. Uh, so, historically, it was very difficult to treat hepatitis C. It required treatment with interferon and ribavirin, which was a combination of drugs that had a lot of side effects and weren't very successful. Now, we have drugs that are oral drugs uh, that work in several ways against viral replication. Uh, but unlike with hepatitis B, they cause viral eradication. So they are used usually only in a three-month course, and uh, there's 90 95% chance that they will eradicate the hepatitis C uh, from the patient.
0: Does the genotype matter in prognosis and the treatment recommendations?
1: So um, in terms of prognosis, not so much. Any, any genotype can cause bad disease um it used to be very important because some of the genotypes really responded very well to interferon and uh, the the main genotypes particularly in the united states did not now we've almost got to the stage and in fact there will be new drugs that uh, are being approved at least in the united states in the next actually few months uh, that will be pan genotypic meaning they will lead to viral eradication irrelevant of genotype now we still check it because it does have some implications sometimes in terms of how likely you are to get rid of the hepatitis c um, but So genotype is still checked, but I suspect in about two or three years, the genotype with hepatitis C will be irrelevant in that it, you won't need to check it because there will be uh, a treatment that uh, will eradicate hepatitis C irrelevant of the genotype.
0: Let's move on to some issues following treatment with direct acting agents. Can patients who have been successfully treated get reinfected with hepatitis
1: C? Yeah, so this is what I tell patients all the time, that yes, even though you have been, uh, this is a viral infection, you think, okay, I've been treated successfully and I have a, a, an antibody against it, that does not mean that you are protected against reinfection. So yes, even though you've been successfully treated, you can, you can get reinfected.
0: Should patients be retreated when current direct acting antiviral drugs have failed? Are there options for people with resistance?
1: Yes, yeah, so we're, we are seeing that now. Um, the, the, the current treatments are actually very success, successful. So the, the number of patients that uh, do not respond uh, or have a viral breakthrough because of resistance actually is very small. Um, what will happen is that it will be a, a case-by-case basis. Uh, and in fact, you can order a resistance panel to see, okay, why did the patient develop Uh, or or not respond which kind of resistance do they have very occasionally there'll be a patient that is resistant to all the current therapies and those patients will have to wait until we have uh, better combinations which will come very soon Uh, so typically what you would do in that situation is order a resistance panel um, and see what they're resistant to and then try an alternative drug and we have as as I mentioned several different drugs and we will have even more in the next uh, few months
0: is relapse seen after successful treatment?
1: No, so that's that virtually never occurs. Um, very occasionally, you can have a patient that uh, you treat; they become uh, AIDS, hepatitis C RNA negative, uh, and you check it several months later. It's still negative, and then you know nine or ten months later, it becomes positive. Um, obviously, you have to think about reinfection. Uh, which would be the more likely reason why the the hepatitis C reappears after successful treatment. But very occasionally, you can get a late relapse.
0: What about people who already have advanced liver disease related to hepatitis C infection, people with decompensated cirrhosis, or people on the liver transplant waiting list? Should they be treated?
1: So This is a little bit of a complicated question. The, 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 The answer is usually yes. Um, the current drugs, the oral uh, direct antiviral agents, they really do not have a lot of side effects with a couple of exceptions. Um, so that even patients with decompensated cirrhosis or patients on the transplant waiting list can get treated to eradicate the hepatitis C. It becomes a little bit of an issue um, and because the way uh, uh, liver transplant works in the United States and same in Europe is that it's based on a scoring system that measures how sick patients are. And if you have to be sick to get transplanted. If you successfully treat hepatitis C in some patients, they may actually improve a little bit so it reduces the chances of them actually getting transplanted. So you have to take it a little bit on a case-by-case basis. But in general, if, if the patient is not too sick and not too decompensated you have a chance of treating that patient so hopefully they can avoid the need for liver transplant and obviously in those patients particularly uh, with decompensated cirrhosis they're also at risk for hepatocellular carcinoma so if you eradicate the hepatitis c theoretically you should reduce the risk of them developing hepatocellular carcinoma
0: i'm going to finish up with a follow-up to the success story so far you mentioned the new direct acting agents and most people being treated and even more drugs on the horizon but with such a long-term trajectory necessary to evaluate the benefits of antiviral treatment, the main question is, does successful treatment of hepatitis C infection reduce the risk of liver cancer and cirrhosis?
1: Theoretically, yes, would be the answer. The, the problem, as you mentioned, is that the, these are this is a disease that causes problems over many, many years. So for you to see an improvement should also take a long time. Um, there, there has been some literature recently looking at this, and it's been a little bit controversial, but I would anticipate what we will see will be, as we have seen with hepatitis B, that when you have successful treatment that's been available for 15 or 20 years and enough people have been treated, then you will start seeing that the risk of uh, cirrhosis or the number of patients with cirrhosis from hepatitis C and hepatocellular carcinoma from hepatitis C will start dropping. We're not seeing it yet, but these drugs have essentially just been available for a few years. But I would anticipate that yes, successful treatment of hepatitis C will reduce the risk of cirrhosis and the risk of a carcinoma.
0: Many thanks to you and to our listeners. To find out more, click the link in the podcast information to sign up to a free trial of BMJ Best Practice, where you can visit the hepatitis C topic for more details. We also have a podcast about hepatitis B in the SoundCloud playlist. Thank you very much.